Hello and welcome to Serving You. It's a show about surviving and thriving in your service industry job. I am Jake Swanson. And I am Caitlin Swanson. And this week is all about working with other people, even when you don't want to. So we're going to start by talking about when you first join a team, when you when you first get hired, what do you walk into? And you kind of have to examine any existing clicks going on with the team um, and try to figure out what the culture is. So this is generally a direct re- reflection of the leadership and or management. And I say and or management because leadership and management are not the same thing. So you can kind of get into this like team of people that are all in it together, working really well as a group, and you can also get into something where it's kind of every man for himself. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit, and then we'll move on to our next point. Yeah, and it's actually really interesting because of uh, the way that my job works. I get to go into our different stores quite a bit, and there's usually a gap between when I'm working in that store and then when I return to work in that store. So the team um, has turned over to a certain extent. So there's some people who were there before who I know and am familiar with and I understand their style, whether they're in a leadership position or just a you know team level uh, or team member level rather. And it's always interesting because I'm basically going through this integrating with a team process over and over as part of my job. And it's, it's always different. Um, but there's certainly, you know, like you mentioned, the clicks, you figure out like who is friends with who based on like who they're most often talking to, who's kind of like off on their own and not really engaging with the rest of the team. And it might not be because they're like, like the team doesn't like them or anything. They may just be quieter. And it's those things that you kind of have to gauge and figure out. Um, and it's, it's always tricky and it's always awkward too. It's always super awkward. Yeah. And especially as like upper management, people are weirder around you than they otherwise would be if you're like a new hire. So it's a it's a different experience than just simply getting hired somewhere and joining that team. Um, but it a lot of the a lot of the same steps are there, I would say. Yeah, it was the last place I got hired, the restaurant group that I currently work for. It was a really weird situation because I had come from 9 years of management at Starbucks a year of management somewhere else. And then I came on with this restaurant group as a manager, but I had worked for the group as a barista and a bartender previously. And I happened to come into a restaurant that had four people that I had worked with peer to peer when I was bartending and being a barista at this restaurant. And here I am suddenly as a manager and I had never worked with these people in this role. They Really had no frame of reference for that because even as a barista and bartender, I was fairly part-time and I was removed from them as servers because we just did a totally different job. We were in a different part of the restaurant. It was really weirdly like cut off from everything. So it was a really interesting situation to come in as a manager and have to not only figure out how I was going to work with people that I had already worked with, But then all these other new people who I had never worked with and they also knew that I was coming into the company being hired as a manager, which is generally not a great position to be in because people right off the bat, if you've not worked your way up within that company, they don't have that like level of respect for you 
they don't think you deserve it. And they're just like looking for ways to kind of screw you over. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's incredibly, um, I wouldn't say frowned upon. That's not really the right term, but it's like always this point of tension when it's someone, hard to be successful. Doing yes. That. Yes. It's, it's, you're basically starting off with a sort of handicap if you're coming into some place, especially if the people there know you already, mm-hmm. that is its own like set of problems and barriers. Um, but just them having the knowledge that you haven't worked the same job that they're working before being in charge of them. It is, um, it's awkward for both sides at that point mm-hmm. because like you said, like they're looking for opportunities to basically prove that you can't do the job as well right? as you are being paid to do, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really big struggle, but I mean, so what, how do you kind of bridge that gap, especially like first few days getting to know that team? How do you kind of integrate with them? Yeah. I mean, for me, and I'm a fairly quiet and reserved person anyway, and I like to be the observer and wait and kind of get a feel for things. And luckily, the training situation is pretty good there, and so you're always with another manager who is... And for me, I got really lucky in that my general manager had been my manager somewhere else. And so we already had a good working relationship, and she was already on my side. But then there were other managers there who I had never worked with before, and they didn't know me from anybody, but... I luckily had already had restaurant experience and a lot of it, it had just been a long time. And so for me, I talked about that mm-hmm. and I would kind of casually bring it up and things like, oh yeah, I remember when I waited tables and this, this, and this would happen. Or yeah, when I was bartending over here and like these things would happen and like, oh, customers can be like this mm-hmm. and man, yeah, these hours are the worst and Friday nights, like, man, you just like get killed and all those things. So I tried to be relatable with them and let them know I've been where you are. I'm not coming in completely green to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about my previous management history, but I also am just the kind of person who I don't really like to throw my weight around as a manager. Mm-hmm. I like to be where they are and do the job that they're doing and be helpful and kind of lead by example. Mm-hmm. And that mostly works well for me with with most personalities. So that I think was something and and I'm always very conscious of not getting too like buddy buddy too quick and mm-hmm. not like being sarcastic too quick and not jumping into people's um, inside jokes too quickly because that's always really annoying. Like the most annoying thing that you can do as a new employee is to right off the bat start making fun of the other employees. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It does not matter if every other person is doing it, you're not allowed to do it. Right. You just Your can't. job is to sit and listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to like ask questions and be like, oh, what is this? How do I do mm-hmm. this? And what should I do about this? And it is not to enter into the sarcastic comments and the jokes. Like, you got to be there a couple weeks first. Like, just ease into it. 
Because if you don't, I'm sorry, but nobody's going to like you. And that's Accurate. just, that's just how it is. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you can, if you were to realize what was happening and how dumb you were being, you could come back from it, but it's yeah. very hard. And most <laughs> people don't. Um, and most people don't have the self-awareness to realize that they're doing it. So. And it's a complete, you know, like you want to fit in and yeah. that's normal and natural and mm-hmm. nobody likes being the new person or the odd one out. Like nobody likes that, but. For the longevity of your success and likability, like, just hold off. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I kind of do the same thing with coming into working with people that I don't know. It's, you know, I stay fairly quiet. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna be over here doing my job as well as I can. Hopefully you see that and see, like, I'm putting actual effort towards doing this. Um, and it's not... I mean, the I, I don't necessarily know the difference in terms of a restaurant versus, like, a coffee shop setting. Um, but, like, if you're on the floor in a coffee shop, you're doing the same job everybody else is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you have, like, managerial tasks, but those are not on the floor. It's a completely different thing, and it, there's, like, time set aside for it. So, like, when it's time for manager stuff, it's time for manager stuff. Otherwise, I'm doing the same job as the lowest level employee. And it, so it's easier, I think, to... Like, show them, like, hey, I'm here to work as hard as you are, um, hopefully harder. Like, I want to show, like, I'm working as hard as anybody. Um, and really staying quiet and then every chance you get, asking very basic, like, get-to-know-you questions. Just kind of opening up the door, showing, like, hey, like, I want to connect with you. Like, here's an offering. And if mm-hmm. they reciprocate and start asking questions back, great. Like I get to open up about, you know, my history, but I do, I do some of the similar stuff you said where it's like, I'll mention like, Oh yeah. Like I used to close all the time and I, I mm-hmm. totally get when you're down with like a few people, it's really difficult. Right. But we got to like do everything we can when we have the time yeah. so that I'm not just like telling them we have to get things done or something like that. It's like, no, like I understand that it's difficult. But yeah. that doesn't change the fact that we have to do it and like work really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's gonna be tough. So And I feel like we both have a slight disadvantage with people and mine is that um I'm a woman and that sure. it just is. Sure. Like, that's just how it is. And yours is that you're pretty young. Yeah. And you look even younger than I, you yeah, are. Yeah, I look super young, yeah. So being someone who is like, I'm your boss's boss and they're like Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Are you <you're> 17? <laughs> right. But there's so there's a huge difference difference. Mm. There's a huge difference I feel in the way so you mentioned, you know, coming in and like jumping into um inside jokes and making fun of people as a way to like fit in and everything. Um and that's it almost like gets people to warm up to you, but like coming in as management and having a disadvantage it's Mm -hmm. like you you almost have to come in with a certain level of confidence Mm -hmm. to where people can tell just by seeing the way that you behave in your role or just by like the interactions you're having with people that like you're one personable and like a person still and two you like you actually fit the job description that Mm -hmm. people are saying you have um and that is very tricky because people do not think that i'm as old as i am at all and it shocks people every single time they find out my actual age um but i've never at least to this point to my knowledge had somebody question like 
my authority. I bet you sense. have. Pro- I probably have. Face. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it's I have like, too. Yeah. No, I know I have because you did it to my face. <laughs> um, dead giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I feel like too, you can, you can pick out who those people are pretty quick yeah. who are like, they're usually the ones who are a little bit more quiet around you. They're not really like you see them opening up and having fun with other people. But then when they're in close proximity to you, they're like kind of shut down. Yeah. You know who they are at all times, but that's where like those little conversations come into play to show like, Hey, like. I want to get to know you a little bit better. And it's, it's, it really, I think comes from, or not necessarily, it doesn't come from this, but it is to your benefit to show interest in other people. Oh, for sure. Because that's when people are going to be interested in you and start caring about who you are as a person rather than like, how'd you get your job? Where'd you work before this? Mm -hmm. Like, that's all boring nonsense. Nobody cares. Um, even you could have the most experience in the world, but if they don't like think of you as a person, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's awkward. Um, those little conversations can help, but there's still going to be those people who are, um, really, really difficult to get along with or who you maybe just constantly feel like don't respect you at all. So, um, what do you feel like? Or I guess speak from your experience in in those type of situations and kind of how you dealt with those individuals. Wait, back up. What kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. So the people who like even after you've made effort to like get to know them, you've made effort to show them like, hey, like I'm in this with you. Like people who's still very resistant to just like work, basically. Oh, so just like straight up laziness, not oh, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, not really any issue with me. Well, I guess both. Okay, I guess both. Um, I have not had great experiences with people who show a resistance to like working specifically with me, mm-hmm. and I think that situation only happens when it is mutual. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to work with them, and they don't want to work with me. I have a hard time. In those situations, because there's always been something that has led up to it, like this progression of of our history together, where I have just kind of really lost respect for them as a person in the workforce, and it's hard for me to get over that. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have good like success stories about um, kind of like bridging that gap and like overcoming those things there have been a few times where like I've had maybe just frustrations with somebody and they've gotten better by just talking about them Mm -hmm. and like we've kind of both felt that and we've been able to like kind of step aside and be like hey like I really feel like you are undermining me or you think that I'm not doing enough or whatever it might be and we can have that conversation and kind of move past it but sometimes like I just I don't know what it is I just have this thing where if I feel like you don't care about your job you're in a customer service role and you don't care about customers you can't show up to work on time you're not putting in the effort that other people are putting in like I've kind of just had it with you and I should be talking to those people more and figuring out like Why is this happening? What's going on? Like, how can I help you? And sometimes I have, but for the most part, it's just like, that's a point of contention and I just can't 
move past it. So I'm like, why are you in this job if you don't care about it at all in the slightest? Yeah. That, I mean, I think we've probably all experienced that situation. And I mean, I, I kind of always approach it from a perspective of, you know, I mean, being like in a leadership perspective saying like, well, I'm not going to stop like telling them to do things or telling them to do things the right way. Like I can tell that they're annoyed. I can tell that they don't want to be here. So I'm probably going to push them pretty hard. And if they don't want to be here, they can leave and that's fine because if they really aren't interested, then like exactly like it's the question of like, why are you here then? It's Mm -hmm. like basically getting them to the point where they're going to start asking themselves that rather than just like coming out and saying like, what are you doing here? You obviously don't want to be here. It's just like, you're going to be expected to do the work even though you don't want to. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Um, so I think, I think that's a, like a fairly good segue into not speaking from a leadership perspective necessarily over other people. Um, but talking about like how to approach, a job where you don't really want to be doing that job and how to utilize what it is you're doing and what your responsibilities are and what your role is to further yourself. Um, if that question made sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that we all at some point are going to be in a job that we don't really want to be in, whether it's the industry or, the position, uh, the company, or maybe you started and you really wanted to be there and then it ended up like you kind of lost your drive for it, Mm -hmm. which happened to me at Starbucks. You know, when I started, I was all about it. I really wanted to be there. I really wanted to be a manager. And that kind of came and went throughout my time there. But in the times that I knew, like, I don't really love this job I still had because I had made friends there and I had had managers that I really respected and I really cared about that I wanted them to do well that was my personal like shove of continuing to do my job well and not just completely give up on it and Mm kind of like float around I had also worked with a lot of people like that who had just given up and were just getting by and just showing up. And that was always really frustrating to me as like their peer, knowing that, yes, you're physically here, but I can't count on you for anything. You're not helpful and you're not going to help like set us up for the next shift or day or whatever it might be. So I never wanted to be that person for Mm -hmm. anyone else. And that was a big motivator for me personally. Yeah, that's so true. And I think there's, there's really great reasons to like try as hard as you can and to do like the best job you can for the sake of the people around you and making sure they're not going to experience like a bad shift handoff or whatever it may be. And just trying to say like, I don't want anybody to have the type of shift I just experienced because Mm -hmm. of what this person did. So I'm going to make sure I'm never that way. Um, But I I do think like not everybody's going to be able to 
necessarily have those people in in every type of situation that they do care about enough to do that. Because maybe maybe the people you work with just aren't great. Maybe they're just yeah. like not great people, and you don't care about them. Um, and I, like that, there's still reasons why you can like do the best job you can, and they can be selfish reasons. It's okay to have selfish reasons. And so like one of the main motivators for me is a little bit of what you said. It's like, I don't want anybody to see me that way as that person. I don't want to be the cause of anybody's like anybody's frustration in this job. I want to be the person that people are saying, like, I'm glad that this person is here right now. I'm Mm -hmm. glad that I got a handoff from this person. Um, Not even like, I don't, I don't care if they say that out loud to anybody. I, but like, I know that mm-hmm. like they feel that. And so like, that's enough for me. Um, like it's, it's completely selfish whenever like my own development path, I feel like has been completely selfish in that way of like, yes, there've been plenty of people that I've cared about and wanted to do good work because of, but it's always been this like personal goal of like, I know that I can do better than the people around me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to prove it. Um, and even going through my development path and, you know, back at, at Starbucks, like I was held back in my development path because of an, (laughs) and I don't even know how to describe this, but like not having conflict. Yes. I didn't have conflict. And so like one of the, one of the things was works well with others. And I, I could not provide a story during an interview. I couldn't provide a story that displayed that. Yeah. Because I hadn't had conflict and had to resolve it. Because you work well with everyone. Because I work well with everybody just naturally. Yeah. Like, I respect everybody. I am, if, you know, a problem comes up, like, let's talk about it. Great. Um, I know, like, I I try to, and something Starbucks taught me was um, assuming the best in others, um, customers and uh, employees or coworkers, rather, alike. It was always assume positive intent. Yes, always assume positive intent. Um, And so that's really been like a main guiding factor and reason why I can work so well with others is because even if somebody does something and these people over here are like, Oh, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe this person did this. I'm like, we don't oh, know we don't, why they yeah, did we don't it. even have the whole story. Like yeah. what was their motivation? I don't know what they were thinking. I also don't know what's going on in their life. Yeah. Um, you can even like, there's a really good, uh, a training video that actually um chick-fil-a did that you can find on youtube um that is it like goes from a customer perspective through a through a process of like ordering at chick-fil-a and going to sit down and like seeing all the people that are in the restaurant and it like has like a little uh a little blurb on the screen with each person that's like this person's going through this like in their personal life Uh-oh. and it's all the things that you like you don't have any idea what's going on with a person outside of work mm-hmm. and so whatever happens like could be driven emotionally it's it could be so many different things that led up to them like wronging you in whatever way and it's mm-hmm. like you don't know what people are going through so you shouldn't assume that somebody is doing something for a certain reason. Yeah. Ever. Uh, so yeah. That that bit of um, advice or whatever you would, I don't know how exactly to like wrap that up, yeah. but because also I learned that at Starbucks um, is something that I have used so much as a restaurant manager in mm. talking to the other people that work there is trying to just like hit home and let people know. 
people do not all process information the same way. Mm -hmm. They do not have the same priorities. Um, they just don't, they just don't come into work with the same set of expectations that the person next to them does. And so for you to be upset when someone didn't do X, Y, and Z and you feel like they're sliding you or the whole team because of it, it might just be because that person doesn't recognize the importance of those things. Mm -hmm. And so there's no point getting upset with them until you've been able to say, Hey, last time you were here, you left before you did these things. Um, and if you could try not to from now, because this, 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 and this, mm -hmm. you know, it's that, what was it? It was like, what, what, why? Yeah. It was like what you did wrong, what you should have done and, and why you should have done it mm -hmm. instead of just, Hey, that was wrong. Don't do it again. Yeah. Because people have to understand the reasons why behind things. So Absolutely. just not coming into every situation like at each other, assuming that someone did something on purpose or mm -hmm. to slight you or whatever. That is a recognizing that I feel like it takes so much pressure off mm -hmm. everyone and you can just work so much better as a team. Uh, I mean, backing up a little bit, one of my main motivations is also definitely um, to be the person that people like the most. Yeah. <laughs> Not even that I think I'm the best. I think I'm really good. Mm -hmm. And I think I do a better job than most people. I don't often think that I'm usually the best person there. Yeah. But I think I can generally be the most liked person there. Sure. And like one of the most respected. And those two things together are really important to me. Not just... If someone just likes me, like, that's great. But if they don't respect me, then I can't really, like, accomplish anything mm -hmm. or move the needle in any way. Um, so for me, that's all. That's also a big motivator in doing work when I don't really care about the work. Yeah. But there's also, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's there's a level of humility there where even though you want to be the best, you don't assume you're the best at any yeah. point like you always have in the back of your mind like somebody's better than me at whatever this task is yeah. but that's fine like i'm still gonna try as hard as i can because i want to be better than them and that yeah that in itself is fine like you don't have to get to the point where you're better than them but it's the the drive of like i want people to think i'm the best at this so i'm gonna try as hard as i can but i'm not gonna be arrogant and like a jerk about it. And come in and like, I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> like people, people give you props and are like, oh, you did so well, like during this. And you're just like, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, I'm really good. What? <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah. Man. That didn't segue into anything. No, yeah. And we've been jumping around this outline I so know. much. Um, well, I think it is like important to talk about what as someone like being in the workforce what things can you do to make yourself someone that's easy to work with mm -hmm. that you can be that person that everyone is like oh i love when you're at work like this things are just so much easier i feel better like things get done like that's so great i mean and some of the things are just listening and Listening is not just taking information in, but it's also being able to process it and put it into your actions later on. So if someone tells you 
I really struggle with this, then you can come back to that later and be on the lookout for it with them and like help them get through it. Mm -hmm. It's also like listening can be picking up on people's nonverbal behaviors. So if you are trying, not even in a leadership position, but if you're trying to teach somebody a new skill at work and they seem really unsure and really nervous, that's a good clue to you to like slow down, Mm -hmm. talk to them about what is making them nervous and get them through it. That, I mean, I think for me that happened the most at Starbucks because it, walking into it, people get so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and they feel like they have to be really amazing on the second day. Yeah. Like consistently. Yeah. Every (laughs) single person. And because it seems like something that's going to be so easy, everyone Mm -hmm. just picks it up. It's no big deal. It's like working in a coffee shop. It's basically fast food. How hard can it be? And while it's not super difficult, there is a lot of things that go into it and a lot of ways that you've got to train your brain to work Mm -hmm. and lots of recipes to memorize and things to know where they are and people's names to remember and customers' names to remember and like all these things. But being able to just slow down and say, nobody gets it on their second day. Yeah. Nobody gets it until a month or two in. Mm -hmm. I do not expect you to be great yet. All I expect from you is to try and to ask questions when you're not sure. Yeah. And that's a form of listening that I think people kind of uh, overlook a lot. Uh, And then along with listening really well, communicating well. Mm -hmm. So being able to tell someone when you didn't understand something or when you need a little more clarification or when you need help or whatever that might be, but being able to say those things instead of just like internalizing them or when you get frustrated because internalizing everything doesn't help anyone because everyone around you can see that you're struggling, but nobody knows why because you're not telling them. And then obviously it's easy to work with people who have a really strong work ethic, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is a bonus factor and not a necessary factor in being someone that's easy to work with you can have like an okay work ethic and still be easy to work with as long as you're someone who's willing to help and do what is asked of you instead of just being like yeah that's really not my job (laughs) that's not in my job description like i don't get paid to do that that's my favorite is when people talk about how they don't get paid to do that job and I'm like, That's you know what? Best. I don't either. But yeah. here I am. <laughs> doing your job and my job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think it's it's super important to listen to people, definitely. But there you also have to be you have to be asking them questions to get more information about like the way that they learn and the mm-hmm. way that they process information. Um, because you you have to you have to tailor the way you speak and the way that you ask people or delegate things rather um, based on the person. Cause like you said, everybody responds differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like sending out a text message to a group and expecting everybody to like get the tone of voice the same. Yeah. You know, not. yeah, they, some people are going to be like, wow, that person's really pissed. And then the other people are like, Oh yeah, this is just like how he talks. Um, but it like you have to and it can be through those small like getting to know you questions that you're doing this 
and figuring out more about this person, their personality. And like, I mean, to an extent you have to make some assumptions about how they're going to take certain information, but you can also just be upfront and ask them like, Mm -hmm. Hey, like if we get to a point where I need to correct you on something, like, how do you want me to do that? Like, do you want me to be really direct? Do you want me to kind of like explain around it? Um, Like nine times out of 10, people will be like, yeah, just tell me what I'm doing wrong. And it's like, Mm -hmm. great. That takes so much pressure off of you in those moments because it's like they already told me to just tell them when they're doing something wrong so i'm gonna do it <laughs> yeah um but it it is for sure like you have to make sure that you're listening for the sake of understanding where that person's coming from um understanding what it is that like that person's actually concerned about if they're bringing something to you because it's usually something surface level that they bring but it's actually like a different problem entirely that they're actually talking about. Yeah. Um, and if you're just like ready to respond with whatever is on your mind, like you're going to miss the point and they're going to just stop talking and that conversation's going nowhere. Nothing's going to improve and they're going to end up quitting because they're like, nothing's happening. Nothing's yeah. being different. Um, and that's a really, it's, it's something that like is so simple when you just like think about it, but so many people miss and they don't, they don't think through like, like people want to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I like, I think a lot of, a lot of the like customer service focused training hits on that. And it's like, you know, calling people by their name and, and things like that. Like people want recognition. Um, yeah, but it hits on it for the customer. It hits on it for the customer. But yeah. like, that's it. Like they miss the mark completely in like, working with each other, mm-hmm. being on a team, especially from like upper management down to lower levels. Like it, like I try and treat everybody the exact same mm-hmm. in terms of the way I talk to them, the way that I ask questions. Like I don't, if I feel like I need to say something in a certain like managerial like way, just for the sake of like clarity, mm-hmm. I will. Uh, but like I, I try to avoid that as much as I can to just like be a person yeah with them um and i feel like i'm like getting off the rails a little bit with what the original point was but um it really like it makes so much of a difference if you're just like thinking of the other person as a person yeah and you as a person and taking the job out of the equation yeah it's really. almost like you just met out with a group of friends and mm-hmm. then here's a new person that you're trying to get to know how would you do that yeah you'd like you'd be introducing them to everybody else, you'd take yeah. that first step, especially if you were the one who invited them or whatever. Yeah. Um, or even if you were just the first one to interact with them, like it, it you didn't have to be the one who knew them before, but yeah. if like you were the first one to have a conversation, you're like, Oh, this person's actually pretty cool. Like I want the rest of the group to know them and like have them accept them. And so you're the one who's making the effort and being like, I mean, you could even be talking to this person and then something in that conversation is connected to someone else on the team and you just like call that person over. It's like, Hey, you remember when this happened? Yeah. We were just talking about that. And then all of a sudden you've created this rapport that like the very next day that they work, they're immediately so much more comfortable mm-hmm. with the team. Um, and like you can kind of step back and be like, I made that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, coming from selfish reason, like you feel yeah, good, for right? Sure. It's really hard on finding to talk about this in a strictly peer-to-peer way Mm -hmm. and not as a manager 
working over somebody. Well, yeah, because we've been in management for so long. So long. It's crazy. It's like, uh, yeah, it's really difficult. And even, even my manager-to-manager situations that I've had recently, I feel like have not been peer-to-peer mm-hmm. because it's been like a GM over me yeah. or another manager there who has worked for the company longer and been a manager longer. And so, like, while I might have more overall management experience, like, this person was more experienced in this role, in this place, for this company. And, like, it's a very weird position, mm-hmm. like, place to be in and this strange, like, figuring out and being able to um, get along. And that, that even had, like... I've had some problems with those situations and and getting along with people like in on on the same level as me mm-hmm. um, in a manager role because people in management are just more competitive. Yeah, like that's why you end up in management, right? <laughs> like <laughs> you care and you want to be like a leader, and so those personalities tend to be pretty strong, which mm-hmm. makes uh, it really easy to clash, which goes into um, you know, the the people who are difficult to work with mm-hmm. is one of those things is personality clashes. A lot of times someone who's a complete opposite personality of you, like, you're going to have a hard time getting along. At the same time, someone with the same personality as you, you're going to have a more difficult time getting along a lot of the time because you're you're coming at things so intensely in such the mm-hmm. same ways that there's no way for you to kind of move past each other. Like you just run right into each other. Yeah. It's this weird competition that forms. It's that's really like unspoken. weird. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. And especially if you're someone with like a more laid back personality where neither of you are confrontational. Mm-hmm. So like you're not about to go there like right. head to head. <laughs> it's all just kind of like under the surface, like bubbling. It's really weird. Um, so people who are not easy to work with, mm-hmm. one is personality clashes. Two is lazy people because nobody wants to work with a lazy person. Nobody. Because you're at work to work. Mm-hmm. And no matter what the job is or the task is, if you don't feel like the workload is split up evenly, that's really frustrating because everybody knows who is dropping the ball. Yep. Everybody. And you want to kick that person off the team, but oftentimes you can't. <laughs> And oftentimes, they haven't technically done anything wrong. <laughs> exactly. Oftentimes, they are the person who always shows up on time or mm-hmm. who maybe sometimes is willing to stay a little bit later or is really nice, um, but just like doesn't fully connect, doesn't fully care, mm-hmm. and just doesn't, just doesn't, you know? Yeah. And it's hard. But then at the same time, you know, you've got those people who just like are really bad at listening. Mm-hmm. And by that, I think we really mean just cannot think critically Mm -hmm. or choose not to think critically. And that is really frustrating because while I am happy to explain things as many times as you need for you to understand it in as many different ways, after the 10th or 11th or 12th time, it feels like you really just aren't trying. Yeah. And I mean, that's especially difficult when it's another leader. Mm-hmm. Whether they're on the same level than you or as you or like one below, but still over a group of people, like 
it's the most frustrating thing in the world when you come into a situation, immediately see what the problem is, immediately can see how to fix it, and you look over and you wonder why nobody has done anything to fix it yet. And you're like, has anybody cared yet has, has anybody realized that this is happening did we put our thinking caps on yeah and then it's like how do you approach this conversation without sounding like a jerk without just simply saying have you thought about this yet mm-hmm. because if you had i know you'd come to the same conclusion as me and it's that we should do this yeah um that's that's a really tough place to be in um and it's so frustrating because those those people again like the bad listeners, the people who aren't using critical thinking, like they're they that's probably like every so often that comes out. Mm-hmm. And it's not consistent enough to where it's a problem or it, it's almost like it's shocking when it happens. You're like, How this doesn't even make sense that like you didn't you didn't fix this already. Yeah. Um Yeah. You know what I actually have found though is that when I have come into teams where something has seemed fairly obviously off, I have found that there is at least one person there who has seen that issue, has determined the problem, knows the solution, and has felt like they've been screaming into the void about it. Oh, yeah. And more often than not, that person has been screaming into the void because, come to find out, they complain about everything all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so everyone has stopped listening to them. So this kind of, this is another thing that makes someone hard to work with. When you complain about absolutely everything all of the time. Mm-hmm. And your complaints probably are 100% valid. Most likely. They're 100% valid. But if every single thing out of your mouth is a complaint... Nobody wants to work with you. Some of the most dedicated, smartest, hardest working people I've worked with have been this personality type. Mm-hmm. I have been that personality in jobs that I've had. Like, I know that I have because I've just reached a point where it's just like too much mm-hmm. and every single thing sets me off and every single thing is wrong and every single thing is like, how can you not see how wrong this is and mm-hmm. how can you not do anything about it but it's because i've been yelling this for so long that nobody's listening to me anymore so that's really difficult but i think i haven't figured out the best way out of that situation yet but it seems like having the conversations with the right people in the right tone and asking the right questions instead of just jumping at them and instead saying hey i've noticed this can you tell me why we do it this way Mm -hmm. because oftentimes it's for a reason that you didn't think about or it has like a more long term effect than you would think it would or it's like a more far-reaching issue than it is like in your mind to fix it with whatever you think is going to work best so those are things just to think about and ponder in yourself, if you are that personality who complains about everything all the time at work. Yeah, and if you don't have that person on the team that you're currently on, it might be you. It probably like, is you. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, um, nobody is that way. Uh, it's probably you. <laughs> um, but I mean, it does, it kind of links back to what we talked about earlier with people who 
um, don't look for the reasons why behind like people's actions or they don't consider that people have things going on in their life that they don't know about. Um, it's this, this thought process of like this thing, whatever it is, is wrong. Something should be done about it. Is there a reason it's done this way mm-hmm. in the first place? Because if you don't understand that, then you can't hope to fix the problem in any way. Um, I also think a, the the type of people who are going to look at a problem and like know exactly what the fix is, like could come up with a plan if you ask them to right on the spot because they've already thought through it and probably talked to somebody else about it. They're complaining often to the wrong people. Oh, yeah. They're complaining to the people around them who are on their exact same level who have no power to do anything and change, like, a system that's in place. Um, And most of the time, the problem is a system. And so, if I mean, if especially if you're working for, like, a big corporation, someplace like Starbucks, like, you have very little power in what you can, like, change within the store. And even if you do get to change that in the store... It changes in your store, but -hmm. it's still that way, like, across the company. Um, Until it's not, though. Until it's not. Because that has happened several times within Starbucks. There's been huge company-wide changes that have come from a single person in a store in some random city Mm -hmm. who had an idea and took it to the right people and pushed in just the right way, and it changed the entire company. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really like what my motivation was to like continue working up in, in management in Starbucks was like, okay, I know that there are things could, that could be done differently that could Mm -hmm. make this experience better for both the team and the customers. So I'm going to continue climbing the ranks so I can be the person who's making those changes. Yeah. Not because you're like, I care about being a store manager or a district manager or an area director or whatever they're called. Right. It's like, like, no, I I want the job 10 jobs up for me. Exactly. Like I see a problem. I know how to fix it. I'm going to like figure out how to get the authority to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like, I mean, you get to the point where you're a store manager and you can make that change in your store. You can show the benefits of it. And then you can, like, help the other stores in your district to do it. And it just continues branching out like that. Uh, But it it does take that, like, initial question of what is the problem? Why is it a problem? But why are we doing it this way in the first place? Mm -hmm. Um, To even get anywhere else. And you cannot, like, you can ask questions of the people around you. You can complain about it to the people around you. But nothing's going to happen if that's where you're leaving it. Right. So, like, if you're just going to, like, beat that drum... But not to management. Like, you can't expect anything to be different. (laughs) Yeah, and I think also not expecting... Say you do take it to the right person. Having two conversations with the right person is probably not going to be enough. No. And you can't jump from that to then, nobody ever listens to me. Like, that's not not how it works. Mm -hmm. Like, you still have to kind of keep your head down and just work really hard and do a really good job. And continuously bring up the thing that you think is going to help bring change in a non-complaining kind of way. But in a like, hey, this would help make our company better. This Mm -hmm. would make us more efficient. This would make our customer experience better. This would make it better for the people who work here. Whatever the thing is that you're trying to move forward. Not just like having one conversation with the manager and being like, why has nothing changed? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what if, I mean, what if you don't really care 
about the company and changing the company for the better and those things like how like where does that what do you do with that drive then and that ability that you have to make things better and like solve problems if you're in a position where you really don't care if it does get better to advance anything you're just like going about your day what does it what does it matter to you I feel like if you're that person, you need a new job. Probably. You know, like. But maybe that opportunity, maybe that opportunity isn't there. Maybe we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's hard to find <laughs> yeah. work. Oh my gosh! Right. So, how do you make the best of your bad situation? I guess. And like, how do like what can you work on in yourself, and how can you like develop any further? I think that's a good time to work on your interpersonal skills and consider. It, say you are someone who you're like, hey, this would work better this way. Um, you don't necessarily have to have permission from management to start making a change. As long as it's not something like massive that you're altering like the core operation of what's going on, you can start making little changes here and there and see if they have a positive effect. And if they do, great. You bring it to um, higher management because you already have the evidence and you already have some people like on your side I kind of have taken it throughout my career and time doing these things like there there are certain things that I know that I need permission to start changing Mm -hmm. and there are things that I know that I I don't that I can just do and implement and test and see if they work and if they do awesome and if they don't we stop doing them and we go back yeah. to what we were doing before. There's been a lot of times where things like that have come up and sometimes they worked out really well, but sometimes they didn't. And mm-hmm. then it's okay on to the next thing. And there were not always situations where I really cared about the company or manager or whatever. I just felt like because it is my personality and I, you know, if you're a person who's relating to this, then it's your personality too. If you see something not working well, you just want to fix it. Mm-hmm. You just want the thing to work well and do what it's supposed to do. So, yeah, I mean, just examine examine what it is and determine, do I need permission to make a change? And if not, just do it and see what happens. Yeah. I try and encourage that so much with um, the the teams that I'm working with or that are working for me. It's just like... If you have a good idea, just like try it. Yeah. Like, like literally nothing bad could come of that. Um, yeah. There's there's very little you can do that can't be fixed, even if something does go wrong. Like, so <laughs> we yeah. learned from it. Right. That's cool. Um, and it, I mean, speaking from just like a uh, going back to like a selfish standpoint, like if you even just the process of coming up with a better plan is like its own development mm-hmm. for you. Um, like being able to like make connections with like whether it's data or just like basic observations that you're making, like that's tr- you're training a skill in yourself to be able to just see these things on the fly. And I feel like that's, that's been a lot of my own development and just being able to like look at like a team of people working after understanding what the job is and how to yeah. do the job, looking at a team of people doing it 
and then being able to say like, oh, there's a problem here and here. Let's just change it in this way and see how it goes and like fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've literally done exactly that multiple times. That's like a main part of my job right now is just to say like, oh, this isn't working right now because of this factor. So let's just fix it. Get everybody to try it out show them and get them make sure they understand like oh this was better because of this Mm -hmm. um and we can see the evidence of it being better in whatever metric you want to use in that moment um but that's that's really where you start you can like start to make change and win people over but it's it's more about like training yourself to be able to see those things really quickly and if you are able to make those changes it is a fantastic set of stories mm-hmm. for job interviews mm-hmm. to say, like, I took this system and I did X, Y, Z to improve it. And here's what the result was. And it's a very, like, scientific approach to it. Um, you're basically running little experiments. But you, like, that's what, like, people who are interviewing, they want to see that type of thought process in yeah. people. Because that's, like, what's giving them proof that this person can think critically this person can like overcome barriers this person is like self-motivated like those are huge um talking points in an interview and like interviews are so so difficult to not only conduct but like just like to be interviewed and fully get across like what you're capable of Mm -hmm. is so difficult unless you have those very specific examples um, so that's certainly something you can work on while you're in a position that you don't want to be in. Like, hopefully you get out of that position, but while you're in it, you might as well make the most of it and like get some really good experience out of it in any way you can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and along that point, if you're going to be doing these experiments in your job, write them down. Yeah. Write down your results <laughs> because I have repeatedly, repeatedly made the mistake of not doing that. And so, like, I could sit in a job interview and be like, oh, yeah, well, when I worked at this Starbucks, I took the drive through times up by, like, 10 seconds. And they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I'm like, you don't, I cannot explain to you what that means, really. Or, mm-hmm. like, what it started at and, and the amount of time and, like, where it was when I left. And, like, I can't get that across to you. Or things like eliminating, like, if you're in a restaurant, eliminating, you know, late greets. And being able to have that, like, written down somewhere, like, hey, when I started, there were, this was how many minutes it was taking people to get greeted or seconds or whatever. And this was our number of missed greets or late greets, whatever. And then by the time that I left, it was at this. Or I took our uh, beer and, our liquor, beer, wine, like, inventory from this to this. Like, you know, whatever those things are, Mm -hmm. you need to have the actual data to support what you're saying. Because... Anyone can just say anything. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have actual numbers, uh, you're more likely to be believed. Yeah, accurate. But you can't, you also can't come to an interview with just Mm-mm. data and numbers to say, like, I did this and this and it meant this. Like, you still, like, you have to have a personality and yeah. you have to show, like, Again, your ability to work with others. So that's, uh, like you said, it's a great opportunity to work on your interpersonal skills. You want to be like working on these plans and these things to improve whatever, but also bringing other people along with you in it. Um, ideally, you're going to select at least one other person 
and have them do this experiment with you from the start to say like hey like have you also noticed that this is a problem like do you think we could do something a little bit better get their feedback you probably already have your plan of what you think you should do but still like bring them along hear out their ideas integrate their ideas as much as you can and like test some stuff out and then you have a awesome experience or an awesome story rather to tell of how you worked as a team mm-hmm. worked well with somebody else and you fixed a problem yeah and it's great like two birds one stone it's also something where like you never know where with the people that you're working with currently you may hate your job but you never know where you're gonna run into those people later in life because mm-hmm. maybe down the road they're your boss yeah you don't know. So it is in your best interest to always be putting your best foot forward and always be working hard and always be doing everything you can and being innovative and think critically and work really hard and do all these things. And even if nobody else around you is doing them, just you have no idea where you're going to run into those people later in life and in what position. You just You just don't know. Yeah, that's so true. I I recently had someone uh, tell me that they ran into somebody I used to work with. And they said this person's name. And I was like, I don't no have idea. any idea who that is. Um, and the, the end point of this story was that this person was running their own business now. And it was, it's also a, a coffee shop, little cafe. And they are training their staff to act the way that I did. Cool. Yeah. And so, like, I was like, I did, I, like, I had to, like, find a picture of this person to figure out who it was. I was like, I remember working with this dude. Um, And it was, like, a long time ago as a supervisor at Starbucks. Um, And it's just, like, those, those little interactions. Like, I have no idea why I had an impact on this guy. I have no idea what I did to impress him and make him want to train other people to like act the way that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, but it just goes to show like you, like you're impacting people in a huge way. And, um, I mean, that's, that's like the driving factor for me is like, I love stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, getting to hear about it happen like very directly because of me is a, like a bonus to that. I, if I were to see that person, that I helped succeed in a certain way. Like I want to be able to look at them and say like, I helped you get here. So like Mm -hmm. if I ran into somebody who was now my boss and be like, I was part of your development and your training and that's awesome. Um, and like, you know, that happened to me at Starbucks. I hired someone on who we had worked together as peers and then she had left the company and I had like, you know, obviously stayed with the company that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she came back and I hired her on as a supervisor. I think. Yeah, I think so. And then, so we worked together in that capacity and I was her manager and that was weird because I was like, we were peers. And then I stepped down from being a manager and then not too long later, she was my manager. And it was the weirdest, like, situation. And then we both left the company and worked for a different company, and she was my manager there, too. And I was like, <laughs> this is so weird. 
But we had established such a good working relationship together that, like, we never had any problems. Ever. Yeah. And it was great. Respect goes such a long way. Such a long way. And you can't expect people to respect you. Mm -mm. um, But you can try your hardest to earn it. And as long as you have respect for them, you have plenty of humility, and you are always doing the best job that you possibly can... Like you're gonna get respect from people, for the yeah. Most part. And I think it's I think it's important to distinguish. We're not talking about just like general respect. Like people in general deserve to be respected as human beings. Correct. And I think this is something where people get they get off track. They mm-hmm. they don't understand like the differences in these like the the subtle little nuance. Of the difference between respecting someone as a human being and respecting somebody as like a boss or a coworker, mm-hmm. because these are very different. So people will always say like, you know, respect is what is it? It's like respect is earned. I don't know what you're earned and not given or something like. Mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a saying about it that I can't remember. Um, but they'll like they'll like harp on this, you know, and it's like. Uh, basically, like, respect is not just a given. You have to do something to earn it. And while that is true to an extent, you still have to have general respect for other human beings. Okay? Yes. It's you cannot just Yeah. You cannot just come at people <laughs> um, and be like, well, I don't respect them. Like, okay. You can say, um, I do not appreciate the way that you are at work. I do not respect you as like an authority or i don't have like a workplace respect for you that's very different than Mm -hmm. just a general respect for a person that is living which i think people get off on so that's my little soapbox about that (laughs) because it bothers me when people do that (laughs) i'm like this is not like there's a lot of people that i have worked with who i would rather not work with Mm -hmm. but i still have respect for the fact that they are a living person yeah. Yeah, I mean, that goes, uh, not not it goes a long way, but it helps a lot in conflict with those people. Or if um, there's somebody who is hard to work with, if you, if you can come from this place of you are a person, I respect you just by default because you are a person, so I'm going to talk to you. It, I mean, it really guides the way you talk to a person. Yeah. Right? Um, like you Treat them with dignity. Yeah, you treat them with dignity. That's huge. Because, I mean, if you're... If somebody's talking at you rather than talking to you, you can tell. And you're immediately, like, not hearing anything they're saying. You're Absolutely. You're not listening at all. You're, like... You're just sitting there staring at them, wondering why they are the way that they are. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when they're going to stop talking. And when they're going to stop talking. Um, and so, like, you're, you're making people... I mean, there's a bunch of ways you can do this, but you're making people put up this, like, defensive barrier immediately by, by like, the way that you come at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, if you can just have a general respect for people and it, it's really, like, a willingness just to, like, see them and yeah. um, want to work on whatever the tension is between you or whatever it is. Um, I mean, that's really, you can't get anywhere without that, right? You have to have the desire already to like want things to get better. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
through that desire, you then take the steps of like sitting down and talking to them. But again, without that respect, they're going to be shut down. They're going to be, uh, or um, what's the word I'm looking for there? Defensive. They're going to be defensive. They're going to be shut off is what yeah. I was thinking. They're going to be shut off to whatever it is that you're wanting to say. Um, even if like you've been a certain way towards them, you've had a certain attitude and you decide you like snap out of it and you completely turn around. Like there's, they're not going to turn around because right. you just, you treated them poorly. Right. Uh, and that's what's sticking with them. So like first impressions are huge with people but like ongoing, you you really have to treat every single day like it's a new first impression. Yeah. You really do. Because again, everybody goes through stuff. Everybody um, is going to have a day where it's like they don't want to be at work. Um, they You come in and you are just super done with everything. You cannot wait until you get to clock out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you almost, you don't like put up a fake face but like you put on your work face you right. know it's like this is there's a certain job to be done here and there's a certain way you treat people um and you can't just like turn that off uh because yeah. you know you're gonna you're gonna make people dislike you one um but also like they're gonna lose respect for you as well i think also realizing though like just realizing all of that and and recognizing that we are not always going to get it right. Mm-hmm. We're not always... Like, I very much pride myself on being the type of manager that everybody likes, that people can talk to, can come to. Um, but recognizing that I am not always going to be liked, sometimes there's going to be people who, for whatever reason, we just kind of clash, or I'm going to say the wrong thing. And I'm going to offend somebody. And I mean, that happened not that long ago. I made a comment about someone that worked with me, for me. However, I don't really see it as like this person working for me, but like technically I was a manager. And I said something about them to another employee, which got back to that first employee. And so then we ended up having a conversation. And it was this moment of like, I knew that I had messed up like so much And trying to convey that while also still trying to be, like, getting my point across of what the initial, like, problem was. But it was such a moment of, like, I feel like it really altered my relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. And, like, that person lost um, a lot of respect for me, which I don't know that I'll ever get back. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult because I don't like being that person. But I think... For me, it's really important for me to recognize that that happened and know, like, be able to go back and replay that conversation and kind of pinpoint the things that, like, led up to that point and what I did that I shouldn't have done or, you know, the questions I should have asked directly instead of speculating about and then, like, asking somebody else and, like, this whole big situation. So recognizing, like, at one point or another, you are going to be disrespectful of someone. And you may or may not ever know about it. But when you do know about it, being able to analyze it and take it in and make changes so that that situation doesn't happen again. A different situation will happen where you will disrespect someone in a different way. 
But again, taking that as a learning opportunity and a, a growth, a point for growth to not let those things happen. It's like being, you know, in relationship with people, like friendships, relationships, whatever. You're always going to hurt the people close to you. The difference is in how you deal with it afterwards and mm-hmm. whether or not you choose to learn and grow because of it or whether or not you're just like, well, that was their problem. So like those things are huge. So just recognize as a person, you're going to disrespect people and recognize that other people are going to disrespect you. That doesn't always mean that you should write them off or just like completely be like, well, they disrespect me and now I don't care about them. Like Mm -hmm. maybe go to them and be like, hey, you said this or you did this and it affected me in this way. Did you mean it like this or why did this happen? And if you can like do that and have that conversation and come out of it better, great. And if they respond poorly, okay, but at least you tried. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, determining like what it is that caused the problem takes a lot of, I mean, going back to humility, uh, it takes, you have to look, look inward and figure out, okay, what was my part in it? Mm-hmm. First of all, um, cause I'm, I mean, at that point you just have to like be the bigger person. It doesn't matter really what their part was. It doesn't, uh, because the way that you reacted in that situation was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you messed up, but as long as you can recognize that and admit to that own up to it um you can hopefully like get back to this place of like mutual respect um and you have to also be okay with possibly not getting back to that spot um but you can at least like go on that journey yourself of like reflection and Mm -hmm. and i mean reflection is huge in development just in general and seeing like okay what happened what can i do differently um but you you do especially when it's you've wronged someone you you have to own up to that and like go to them Mm -hmm. and um hopefully you know talk it out with them apologize if necessary depending on you know what it was um and find common ground with them figure out like okay how can we like move past this um and try it like don't leave that conversation with like this open-ended nothing like come to some conclusion with the other person of like hey like i mean at the very least like will you forgive me for this one instance um because i mean if you can get there then you can proceed and maybe just like start over with this person but yeah um it's a it's a really hard spot to be it's really hard and i find for me, for whatever reason, like, I don't, I don't know that I've ever really straight up asked somebody, like, will you forgive me mm. for this or that? And, and honestly, like, this entire, like, you know, specific story that I'm talking about, maybe six months or a year ago, I would not have recognized so quickly what I had done. Mm-hmm. And I would not have been able to sit down with this person and say, I'm so sorry. I really stepped over a line and that was really inappropriate and unprofessional. And I promise to try like to never do that again. And if I have a problem, I'll just come talk to you. So like these things 
take time mm-hmm. to learn about yourself and to be able to put into practice. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I never just like, I don't ever feel like I can like say to someone in those moments, like, do you forgive me? Because I think for me personally, when I'm confronted with people like that and they are coming to me and saying, I did this and I recognize that it hurt you and I'm so sorry. If they said, do you forgive me? Right in that moment, I'd probably wouldn't answer them. Yeah. Because I'd be like, I'm still angry right now. <laughs> like, I need time. Mm-hmm. Like, I will forgive you, but I don't right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe it's something that, like, I need to just, like, circle back with people later and be like, hey, I just want to check, like, I I want you to know that, like, I'm still really aware that this happened and, like, I want to see how you're feeling, like how have things been going because I did try to end with that person and being like if you feel like I've done this to you again please come talk to me Mm -hmm. you can always tell me I know it's awkward because like technically I'm your boss but I want to have this open conversation and I hate when people say like open dialogue but it sounds so (laughs) managery but that's what I said and I was like I want there to be open dialogue and I want you to feel comfortable like coming to me, which of course I know, like they're probably not. No. Because it's just like you just don't feel like you can with someone who's your manager, especially not after like a situation like that. Right. But I just, you know, you still have to say it. <laughs> you still have to put it out there and try to convey that you mean it. But yeah, I, I kind of went off on a something there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think the last point um, in working with other people and especially those people you don't want to be working with or just straight up in a job you don't want to be working with is realizing that everybody has um, different strengths and weaknesses and understanding that they're always going to be different than your own. Um, of course, I mean, there's going to be some people who have who share strengths and weaknesses. There's a lot of people on this earth. Yeah. <laughs> You're bound um, to run into at least one. Yeah. Uh, but like really, really watching and observing the people around you can make a huge difference and, and show you areas that maybe you didn't realize you need to like be working on. Um, and it's not even, again, it doesn't have to be for the sake of like making the company better or being better at this job specifically. It's just like, I want what that person has. Mm -hmm. So how do I, how do I get that? How do I learn that? Um, and it's, I mean, you can just straight up ask people, be like, Hey, I recognize you're really good at interacting with uh, customers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very natural for you. Like, why is that? How did you like become that way because people I mean some people just naturally are that way but some like a lot of people have had to teach themselves how to do certain things or maybe they learned it from somebody else Mm -hmm. and that's why they do it um but just being very willing to ask the question of somebody like you have the skill I want it how do I get it Uh, yeah it's well and like being able to look around you and you know like in your current job Hopefully you still have one Um, (laughs) because what is life right now in your next job (laughs) when you have coworkers and there's someone there that you really like and you really like working with them. This isn't like you really like their personality. You want to be best friends, but like you really like working with this person. Stop and ask yourself, 
why Mm -hmm. what is it that they're doing that i really like and respond to really well and maybe it is something that you also are really good at and like you connect with them about it and that's why but maybe like jake's saying it's something that you're not good at and you see it in them and you want it and then you can start to like kind of analyze like watch them while they're working and kind of try to figure out like okay what is it that makes them so good at this and Maybe it does lead to a conversation with them where you're like, hey, I noticed that you excel in this area. I would like to excel in that area. What advice do you have? Not even just like, can you teach me how? Because most yeah, people yeah. are just going to be like, um, <laughs> I don't know. Because not everyone is a good teacher. Okay. True. That, that's something that you just have to recognize because you will be around people who are phenomenal at their job like straight up killing it do it better than everybody else but they cannot teach anyone else how to do it yep and that's just that's just that's okay but if you come from a place of what advice do you have that's completely different Mm -hmm. you're not asking them to teach you right it makes them think about it differently too exactly Mm -hmm. It's no, there's not a pressure of them to like impart some skill. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is say some words yeah. and like give you <laughs> some of their knowledge and like, to, and they, they will end up teaching you because they'll mm-hmm. give you tips and tricks and pointers and this and that. Um, but yeah, just knowing how to like pick out those people that are doing what you want to be able to do yourself and figuring out how they're doing it and getting them to help you. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy. To do that. No. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. People people are way more likely to end up accidentally teaching you. Yeah. If you, if you come at it the right way and just like ask some really simple questions. Even I think it's really effective if you have specific scenarios that you're curious like how they would handle it. Mm-hmm. And you can ask them that. Um, but yeah, most people who are like excelling at something don't realize they're excelling at it or realize that they're doing something different than anybody else mm-hmm. would in that situation. But, um, I mean, obviously you're recognizing it in them. So they are, uh, but it, it's, yeah. Like you said, some people are real bad teachers. Uh, <laughs> they just don't have the gift for it. And, mm-hmm. it, and a lot of people don't. And I think that's completely okay. But that's also something if you are someone's like boss or manager or whatever, recognizing that your best technical employee might not be the best person to train your new employees. And that that might suck because you might really want them to because they're phenomenal, but that doesn't mean that they can teach somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not always the case. And maybe your employee who's like kind of mediocre is actually the best person to train somebody. Mm-hmm. I've ran into that many times where I've been very surprised by the person that I've like been forced into a corner to have trained somebody and turned out to be an amazing trainer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I never would have given you this job. <laughs> but I'm so glad that I did because you were so good at it and mm-hmm. so thorough. So it's just those situations where like you just got to really think about it. Yeah. Um, well, I think this has been... We done did it again. This has been real good. <laughs> Said a lot what of things. A, yeah, I mean, it it really can be summed up with 
respect other people because they're people. Uh, humble yourself. Talk to people, uh, whether it's about a problem you have or there's a skill you want to develop. Um, it doesn't matter if you don't care about the company, don't care about the people you work with. There are things that you can learn personally that can help you out in future jobs, in life in general. Um, so it's still worth it to put forth the effort. Um, and yeah, <laughs> wasn't really better into that. Was Would there be anything you would add? No. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I've realized... I've ha- I have a bad habit of clicking on yeah, the mouse, so I really apologize if you guys hear clicking and are annoyed by it. Um, or if you heard like the dryer going earlier. Yeah, I was really worried about that when that kicked in. <laughs> dog walking like, oh, down God. the hall. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. This is a real life podcast. <laughs> um, cool. Well, next week we're going to be back discussing how to care about the business, even though you don't. Because you probably don't. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you have friends share this with them if you have family put it in your zoom meetings like we're all doing just just drop it on the dl in the chat don't say anything just (laughs) link to the podcast yes uh that would be especially this one because then people will be like oh my gosh did they not like working with me am i going to work with (laughs) you could make a, a burner zoom account and just like drop into your meetings love it post this and then hop out people will assume you're a hacker though i guess Um, yeah, great. Thank you all. Goodbye.